to the Faith Therapy Podcast, and I'm your host, Marilyn Shaw. I'm having intimate conversations with therapists, faith leaders, and wellness influencers with one goal in mind, to bridge the gap between faith and mental wellness. As a best-selling author and soon-to-be therapist, I'm passionate about providing practical tools to renew your mind, restore your faith, and redefine your life. The information shared in today's episode is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed counselor. If you need one, visit MyFaithTherapy.com. That's MyFaithTherapy.com. Dr. Marceline, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I'm super excited to have you with us to share your wisdom and insight, not just from your professional background, but also your spiritual and faith-based background to just help marry the two together. So thank you so much for taking out time to be with us today. I am so excited. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. So let's jump right in. So I want to ask you, when did faith and mental health come together for you? Well, I honestly, I was in primary care for many years, right? And I started realizing how much mental health played a role in just the absolute optimal wellness of an individual suffering from any sort of physical element. They would come in to see me for various things like headaches, you know, backaches, muscle, uh, some gut issues and urinary tract issues. There were so many different diagnoses that, yes, we would write the prescription to treat what we thought was an infection when in actuality, this individual was suffering from anxiety and or depression or overall stress. So as I started correlating and really taking a good look at an individual's spiritual walk and their mental walk, I started realizing how much more their mental health played a role in their wellness overall. And I couldn't separate the two. I couldn't help but to treat them mentally, physically, and ensure that they were spiritually well as well. And it hit me. I was like, I, I have to do this. I can't separate the two. You can't separate an individual from their mental health. You can't separate an individual from their spiritual health. Right. You know, it's interesting because all of it does work together. And sometimes we can kind of look at our life in silos. Here's my faith over here. Here's my physical health over here. And then, oh, there is mental health that plays a portion into all of it, but you as a professional being able to see that all of those areas bridge together is dynamic because now you're able to better serve your clients to be able for them to realize because sometimes it's the battle of them not even seeing how all of those things work together. Yes, you may be taking the medication. Yes, you may be going to the doctor's appointments. Yes, you may be reading the word of God, but where does your mental health play a portion into your overall whole being? You know, what were some of the cultural challenges that you had to overcome to be able to better serve your clients? Honestly, it's the stigma that mental health is not a disorder, 
right? You can't have a disorder of your mental health. That stigma within itself, for me, prior to getting into mental health, I had to get over that. I had to understand, okay, the Bible tells me whatever a man thinketh, right? Hence they are. So if you believe it, it's going to come to pass. If you believe that you're, you're down, depressed, or you're worthless, that's exactly what you will reproduce in your life. I had to understand that myself, I've accepted at times uh, negative things and they, you know, present or manifested in physical elements in my body. You know, when I'm afraid that I'm, you know, having GI issues and all of that, I had to understand that these are real. This is real. Mental pain is real. It's not about let's get over it. So many times, especially if you're not in the field, the first thing people are going to say, well, just get over it. You're not mentally strong. Get over it. Mm -hmm. You're just going to get better practices. Get over it. That's not the truth. The truth is the mind is a battlefield. And when we understand that, we understand why, yeah, we understand why we produce different elements in our body because of what we think. That was it. I had to get over that myself. You know, that's interesting that you say that because as you got to a place to understand the dynamics of that the mind is a battlefield and that what you think that's what you will become. And now you're able to bring that same belief into serving those that you're working with. I mean, we hear it so often that, you know, just get over it, you know, move on to the next thing, be busy, you know, all of these components to where it starts to diminish our overall well-being and it starts to play a toll as to how we show up in life all the roles that we carry mom daughter friend sister brother all of these other dynamics and having the belief of just get over it is so debilitating and diminishing of the value of who we actually are you know i want to ask you right. this, what motivated you to even become a nurse practitioner specifically in the mental health area again i was in primary care so i took care of the whole person right from birth okay. to geriatrics um all of your your common everyday as well as complex health issues that's what i did now again they were they also presented to me with anxiety and they would come to me with, with it presenting in a different way. Tension headaches. They would come with severe back aids. They would come with vision issues, right? And, and we would start digging for what we thought was physiologic. And as I'm treating this individual, I'm realizing, okay, it's not just a physical element because we're, we're doing everything we need to do according to the standards of care and we have no, no, elev- um, sorry, no uh, resolve of the symptom right. that this individual is having. They come, become frustrated. I even at times became frustrated because I'm wondering, are you even taking what I'm giving you? Are, you? are you taking my advice? Are you taking my recommendations? Are you taking the medication that's being prescribed? And when I sit with all that, I'm like, wait, it's not a physical thing. Let's start digging more into their lifestyle, their mentality, what they do every day, what what work you do, where's your where's your uh, spiritual muscle being strengthened and worked out. All of this started to play a bigger role for me in like medical 
as far as your, your primary care, your medical diagnosis is. I started to say, okay, not every diagnosis is actually a physical diagnosis. And it made sense for me. And I just woke up one day and I was like, you know what? I need to go back to school. I need to go back to school. Um, and I did just that. I decided to go get a, um, a degree in psychiatric mental health. And it helped me to fully understand my patients as a whole. And it gave me like a, a, a sense of confidence when I'm approaching a person and I'm approaching them saying, hey, you know, this is not just a physical issue that you're having. This is actually a mental issue. And many, of course, had that aversion, like, I don't believe, there's nothing wrong with my mind. There's nothing wrong with the way I'm thinking. Right. And after I, right, I, they're like, I'm just here for a headache. What are you talking about? So after I broke it down for them, they're like, you know what? Yeah, I have been down. I have been in bed for weeks on end. I do have moments of what we call hypermania and hypomania. I do have times when I'm impulsive. I do have times when I'm excessively worried. All of it started making sense for them. And that's when I knew I was in the right place and I was doing the right thing. And I wanted to treat the entire person. I wanted a holistic and a wholesome approach yeah. to healthcare. What are some of those signs that kind of make people consider, okay, I need to go to the doctor. This is not just a regular headache or my stomach, it seems to like, what are some of the common physical, physical things that people start to display that kind of gets them to your office? Honestly, in primary care specifically, people come in with tons of gut issues. And I have to make sure I stress this and stress this time and time again. Your gut is your second brain. If you've ever heard the saying, you are what you eat, it's because whatever you put in your gut, your second brain absorbs, dissolves, and it helps your brain process things as well. So whatever is going on in your mind, stress, anxiety, it's going to produce those symptoms in your gut. So people have looser stools or even constipation, constant cramping. You know, they're thinking like something's wrong with me, with, a, with my gut, when it's in actuality, it's a thought thing. It's a, it's a mindset thing. What's going on in your mind, you know? So I find a lot of people come with gut issues. I also have a lot of people who come to see me with lower back pain. My back aches all day. I never injured it. Nothing happened, but it aches. That's the same thing, you know, got some mental things at times after you've, you've done all the stretches, you've seen the chiropractor, you've, you've actually, you know, did all the pain medications and muscle relaxers, but it's consistent. It continues. Nothing is found. That's more of a mental. We got, we have to take a look at your lifestyle. Are, are you a high stress, very exhausted individual, not getting enough rest, right? Mm. Or sleep. I have other uh, individuals who come in to see me and they're having neck and shoulder tightness and headaches, right? They're also high stress individuals. They sometimes even have higher stresses of anxiety. I have patients who complain that they feel like there's a rubber band around their head, squeezing their head. That's anxiety. This is a form of stress. And that just manifests physically. You know, as you're talking through all of that, I immediately started to think about, hmm, 
you know, what are some of the spiritual symptoms that people start to see that shows like, oh, that may be connected to my thought life. What are some things that you see? Definitely the lack of faith. They start doubting their faith, right? They start doubting that they even have a faith life. You know, many a times that's just, the, that's a mindset. That's a mental thing. Uh, they understand that they start uh, being fearful. They are fearful for no reason. There's a lot of fear for no reason. And to, to, to understand that portion of it, you have to understand Bible and knowing that our minds are constantly uh, uh, under attack. It's a, it's a place of target where the devil targets our mind. So fear is one of the first forms of attack spiritually. And it's, it's trying to arm, like, you know, disarm you, excuse me, trying to disarm you from understanding your position in Christ. It uses fear, you know? So those are the top two for, as far as for me, spiritually, you start feeling the person um, starts uh, doubting their faith, doubt that they have a faith life. And they start also having fear, fear for no reason. And then with having all of that fear, it can lead to the anxious side where you're mm -hmm. on guard all the time and then how that connects to possibly the gut issues and the, the tension mm -hmm. headaches and all of those things are just, it's a representative of how the Lord created the body, how he created right. us with so many different components. I think about like a car where we have the the dash in the front and it has like all the indicators when things need to be, you know, maintenance. Right, right. More than just like the indicator goes off, like you may start having issues where the car doesn't ride just right or you're noticing mm -hmm. an extra knock that hasn't been there before. Those are all the, the signs that something deeper is going it's happening. on, which brings me back to how we started out our conversation of just like, just get over it. Isn't just, just get over it. You know, it's really right. taking time to, to um, observe your entire life and looking at the whole life that the whole life, the whole life, you know, what are mm -hmm. some things that people can start to start from the beginning? Cause I mean, they may be listening to this podcast they may be following, you know, your beautiful Instagram page or looking at different quotes and things of that nature. They're just kind of like, I know these things. I've been dealing with this for so long, but it's just like, it's another to do. You know, sometimes if you're a high functioning person, it can feel like another task that you have mm -hmm. to put on your list. What are some things that you could say to them to where they can look at it from a different perspective? I want definitely high functioning individuals to just stop, stop and pay attention. Many a times things sneak up on us. Things start happening to, happening to us spiritually. It's because we're busy. We're busy being distracted by things that are important. But what is most important is us caring for this temple. What is most important is that I am in my most optimal health to run the race, that my mind is steadfast and focused on the mark of the high calling, 
The devil loves the fact that we get distracted and we get busy because he gets to start maneuvering and like making melee in our lives. You know, mayhem starts to happen physically and mentally. We can't think straight. You know, we become depressed for what? We're trying to figure out what we're depressed about. We're trying to figure out what we're anxious about, what we're worried. And we can't pinpoint it because we're distracted. I want us as believers to just calm down and stop. There's no complicated science behind resting. The Lord created rest so he can speak, so we can become re-engaged, so we can charge up and get ready for war yet again tomorrow. You know, when you're distracted, the devil's like, oh, okay, I can go in here and just make a mess. She won't notice that. She's too busy. Next thing you know, my health is array. Next thing you know, my, my life is array. My house is a mess. It's a manifestation of mess. And you start wondering, when did this happen? It's because you stopped resting. You stopped resting. You started trying to do what God said he would do for you. You know, I don't, about, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm like, hey, you know what, God? You can be every, everywhere at all times. And you said you can handle all things. I'm going to let you handle all things, and I'm going to do what you assigned me to do. How about that? You know, that's, that's like my little thing that I keep in my mind. I'm like, you can do all things. You can run the race. You can. I'm going to do what you've assigned me to do and not be so busy that I can't rest to yeah. hear you and hear your direction. And I start to put the pressure on myself to produce when you're the producer. Many of us have that issue. We don't rest, so we can't hear, so we can't do, so we suffer. That's so true, because even now as you were talking, what came to mind for me was this concept of an idle mind is the devil's playground. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is it's really our right to rest and being restful doesn't mean that you're lazy. It doesn't mean that you're not productive. It means that you're mm -hmm. strategic. It right. actually means that you are honoring the body. You're honoring the temple. You're honoring what the Lord has given you the opportunity to steward yes and so often being busy being inundated with the perception of going for goals and achieving things and being ambitious comes at a cost it yes it does cost. Mm -hmm. it comes at a cost between mentally emotionally physically and most importantly spiritually it's like we distort the vision that god has given us for our own personal gain, which ends right. up being negative experience, this deficient experience in our body. And then we start to turn it on, Lord, why me? Why am I going right. through this? Why am I experiencing this? But if we were to be in proper alignment with his will to honor, to honor the gift of rest, it gives us mm. more, it gives, it fills our tank in such a way that we're able to be aware, to be aware. Right. There's nothing like being aware of what's going on in your life 
and also being mm-hmm. aware of where he's called you to be and understanding what season that we're in. Yes. Yes. So you brought something up and it, it reminds me, and I often say this because I struggled with resting, right? For so long. But my pastor has this acronym that he preached once and it has stuck to me. And rest meaning remembering every day to simply trust. Remembering every day to simply trust God. When we decide not to rest, we are showing God how much we don't trust him. So in my mind, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, today I rest because I trust God to produce for me. I trust God to have his way to direct me, to keep me, to keep my mind. Because the reason why we get so busy and we can't rest is because our minds are going, 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 going. But God refreshes and God gives new ideas. He gives new, like innovative things happening. He wants you to build. He wants us living in Goshen. How can that happen? He wants us being in peace. How can all of that happen if you're not resting so he can speak, you know? I, for me, it's like, it's a, it's a no brainer, but for some, for, for some of us, unless we've realized this and really start applying it, we don't get the, the, the understanding that if we don't rest, we're not truly producing. And I've, I've, I have to stick to that now. I have to get my rest yeah. no matter what it looks like. I have to do it because I want to be in God's will. I want to hear God. Having that desire to be in his will not only gives you the motivation to accept rest, but without the guilt, because Mm -hmm. if you've built a life where you're used to just going, maybe you're the strong friend. Maybe you're the one that people always depend on to have an answer, but in learning how to not only just create healthy boundaries, which can be challenging for some people, but Mm -hmm. to realize that creating those healthy boundaries gives you a chance to be in aligned with his will for your life and right. that you still can operate in your gifts but it's at an optimal level you're not right. deficient you're not right. you know being upset at other people because now you feel like they're not feeling my cup they don't understand they're you know you just have all of these running thoughts mm-hmm thoughts of thinking like man where is me where is my me time but the reality of it is when you center your heart around what the will of God has for your life it gives you the freedom to embrace without condemning yourself around the benefits of resting right right really just taking care of yourself really being intentional about you know what? I'm worth it. The investment of rest. Yes. And God said you're worth it. He gave you permission without reservation. Please rest. Lay beside still waters. You know, let me be your breeze. Let me bring you rest. He wants that. Sometimes we're just, we're trying to be God, right? We're trying to be God. I don't need God's job. I I told someone that the other day. I'm like, I don't need his job, okay? I like to sleep, and the Bible says he doesn't slumber. So (laughs) I have to sit there and be like, I I don't need his job, Jesus. I like sleep. It's refreshing. So let's just understand our role as believers is to lean and not lead. 
you know, let him lead. I'm going to lean on him as he leads me, you know, and my mental health is going to benefit from that. It's going to get stronger. It's a, it's a muscle. I have to practice this, you know, it's not like perfect for us. It's a practice. It's something I have to make a habit for myself is to lean on God and not attempt to lead. And I'm going to find rest in that. What are some of those behaviors or practices that people can start to really implement? Because obviously starting a new habit can be challenging, especially if you're used to operating in a certain way. But what are some steps that people can actually begin to take to embrace resting? I always say you start by starting somewhere. If it's 20 minutes, if it's 30 minutes of just sitting still, sitting in your chair, blocking out the noise and just sitting still. God speaks in our stillness, right? He speaks in our stillness. Everyone's level of rest and what they need for rejuvenation is absolutely different, right? There's people who need 15 minute naps. There's people who need an hour and 30 minute nap. It's all dependent. It's uh, it's uh, that answer. It can't be pinpointed, but I want you to start somewhere. Check out your day. Look at your calendar. Put your own self on your calendar, Put yourself on there. I have a scheduled, you know, quiet time with God. I have coffee with God. And that that doesn't mean that I'm I'm praying or reading my Bible every time I put those on a calendar. That could be me just sitting silent and sitting still, not moving. Because God speak in those moments. Scheduling that. Having a journal time. I journal a lot. A lot. To the point where my phone notes are just journal entries for me. And I have I have workbooks and stuff everywhere. Because I feel like I'm always being spoken to. I feel like the Holy Spirit always has something to say. And I don't want to miss it. So I journal. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just one word and he'll tell me what it is later. Why I wrote it down. I journal. I journal my thoughts. I journal my feelings. I journal my goals. What I hear God saying for today. I can't not do that. I have to do that. It's now part of who I am. You know, I have to sit back and reflect on the goodness of God and what I feel God is calling me to and how he's leading me. I have to journal or even speak out loud scriptures to, 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 uh, command my day, command my mind, command my life. You know, I have to do it. And it doesn't mean that it needs to be an hour, three hours. It could be 15 minutes. It could be five minutes. Whatever that looks like for you, you have to make it for you. That's a big deal. And, of course, your prayer life. When did you last talk to God? When is the last time you said something to God? (laughs) So did you listen to God? Did you journal God? And did you talk to him? Did you ask him what you need for the day? He said he gives manna for every day, but you got to ask. You can't just like, it's not going to just fall out the air. God's like, he knows you need it. He knows, but you have to ask. You have to speak it, speak life, speak words, you know, declare things by talking to the Lord. These are practices, you know, and and again, it does not have to be an hour, three hours, you know, but you have to do something, start somewhere. And for Christians, we would say that it's easy because we get it as believers, right? Right. But it's right. not. It's not because we're still humans. 
We're so busy. Moms, and we wear multiple hats and all that. So it's all a practice. Mm -hmm. It is. It definitely is. It's a new discipline that brings such great reward to our lives to be Mm -hmm. able to, you know, embrace the, the, the quiet time and really being intentional about those 15, 30 minutes of alone time with the Lord and how it just overflows into all areas of our life. You know, not just the areas that we have with work and family and in the community, but also our temple. Hello, mm. our temple, mm-hmm. you know, our mind, our body. We're able to be more in tune with, you know, what where we are and the things that he wants to, you know, just bring to our attention, just bring to our mm-hmm. attention to be aware of, you know, what he has, not only just for what we're called to do but what he may want to give you right right maybe a new season that he's bringing into your life but when you're just on this constant go 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 i love how you said be led be led Mm -hmm. you don't always have to be the one that's leading you know yes you may have a role in leadership but in that role of leadership you're being led by the Holy Spirit around what he's giving you an opportunity to lead. Yes, yes, yes. Every leader should be being led. Every leader. I can't trust the leader who isn't being led. (laughs) You got to be underneath some type of covering. I'm sorry. You have some place of submission. You understand service. So you have to be led. That's how you serve others. Absolutely. One thing I want us to um, talk about also is the dynamics of, you know, when you are being intentional about your mental health. And there may come a time where medication may be a resource to you to help you get into a better space in your mind where you're feeling more optimal around your overall health. What are some of the challenges? that people have around taking medication as it relates to their mental health. Now, there are many challenges, many challenges, particularly within the faith community, right? So those stigmas that are within the faith community regarding the use of medication and mental illness are profound. And I have like four that I want to discuss today because we have the belief We have the uh, reliance, we have the fear, and we have the mistrust of medication. So some people within the faith community believe that mental illness is a result of personal sin or lack of faith. And therefore, medication is not necessary. And this stigma can lead to individuals feeling ashamed or guilty for seeking help through medication. And I'm here to tell people that It is not because of a lack of faith or personal sin that you're suffering from a mental health disorder and the taking of medication. And and I'll say it this way. God created medication just like he created the field of medicine and science. And just like he have given mankind the knowledge to help us. It is an aid, not a dependence. So crushing that stigma is imperative. 
Number two, the reliance on prayer and faith alone. Some in the faith community believe within within, within the, the mental health field that believing in just prayer and faith alone, medication is not necessary. But let me just say this. I like to preference this. I'm a believer and I believe God created medication to help me. I believe in prayer and I have faith. But again, he created, he created medication to assist me, to assist me, not to be my tell-all be-all. He is my tell-all and be-all. He is my beginning and my ending. So those who decide that just prayer and just faith alone can heal them, I believe that too. I believe God can heal people at any time. I also he believe he can use medication, prayer, and faith, and te- therapy to do it as well. He uses anything to do his will. So yes. untreated mental health, because we have a fear of reliance, right? A fear of addiction to medication mm. can potentially cause us to have untreated mental illness and negative consequences. Okay. So we have to take those, those stigmas out as believers and know that God can use anything at any time to do his will. And there's also a mistrust in the secular medical world, right? There's a mistrust there. So we prefer the alternative. We prefer the complementary. We prefer the holistic. And I'm all for that. I practice an integrative style. I believe in, you know, our diet, our workouts, um, you know, helping us create a balance of me- a mental and physical well-being. But I also know that at times those skills, those habits are great but I may need medication to help me. So I have to trust in the fact that God's going to send me the right provider to help me get the medication I need to walk in my healing. Again, not depending on the medication or the man, depending on God to use what he's created for my good. The Bible tells me all things come together for my good. I mean, he believes that he's created good for me to experience. And I want to also say that some in the the faith community may feel like they're the weakest link, right? That they're just being strung along. And I want the faith community to create a safe space for those individuals, reminding them that they are not the weakest link. They're not being punished. So we have to stand with them, creating that safe space for them to come and worship and still believe for their healing, no matter how or what that looks like. Right. Removing those stigmas. So individuals don't feel like they have been, you know, pinpointed for having a, a mental health illness. We have to remove that. And sometimes, and I'm going to say this off the cuff, you didn't ask this question. Sometimes God doesn't heal, right? God doesn't heal someone right away for his glory, for his name's sake, for him. So that whatever element that they're walking in, 
his name still gets the glory. He still gets the praise. So we still have to take that back to him. Not every time will we see an instantaneous miracle or change or improvement, but his name still gets the glory. I hope that makes sense because it's processing in my mind, but I just felt like, oh man, this just came to me. I'm like, God, maybe you want me to say this, you know, but it's for his glory. He still gets the praise. Absolutely. And it was meant for you to say that because when it is a journey and sometimes I think about, I believe it's Paul where he talks about the thorn in his side. On his side. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the illnesses that we experience and just the things that we go through that feel like a thorn in our side can be the very thing that keeps us in relationship with the Lord. It reminds us Mm -hmm. that he's the one that's in control, that he's the one that still, his grace is sufficient, meaning that it's Mm -hmm. more than enough for you to continue in an optimal way, even when you have that thorn in your sight, whether it be a physical illness, a mental illness, it may, a lot of different things that can cause you to feel as though that you may feel like you're the weak link. Or maybe there mm-hmm. are people around you that affirm you in that way that they're not strong enough. They're they're they always need some, you know. But you said it so beautifully that we have to create space for people to be in a better position. You know, when you were saying right. that, what came to me visually was that I just seeing a, a whole row of people locking arms together every single person is different every single person's lived experience is not the same but the fact that you know that you have someone that you can lock arms with that can remind you of your identity and christ gives you the ability to move forward it gives you the strength to know that yes i may be going through something but i know that i'm not alone i know that god is with me But there's something beautiful about when he uses individuals like yourself to not only aid in their wellness, but to destigmatize so many resources that we have available. And the fact I love, I love, I love, I love that you talked about the fear of people being um, afraid of like they're going to be dependent on something Mm -hmm. that that medication has now replaced their relationship with the Lord. And for me, when I first had a mental breakdown, I was very like contemplating like, Lord, I knew I needed to go to therapy. I didn't even, it wasn't even a concept the way it is right now, but it was like this Mm -hmm. tug in me like, Lord, I don't want this person to replace you or like just the feeling like all these different things. But he sent a believer that was trained in mental health as a therapist that was able to aid my walk for me to continue on and to be able to have a safe place to process, even like for yourself, he's now placed you in so many others' lives to realize, yes, you may be prescribed Mm -hmm. this, but in addition to, let me give you scripture, in addition to the actual medication you may be taking to help you in your growth. 100%. 100 percent and that i mean i have chills because that is my muse that is my space right there i always (laughs) try to hold back 
on sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't know if they're a believer or not, but I'm going to drop these words right here. I am going to drop this scripture while we're talking and I'm assessing because it's so important. That's why I said in the beginning, like assessing their spiritual need, right? I need to know what you need. And sometimes you just need Jesus, right? <laughs> you really don't need anything else. You need Jesus. You need that relationship, that connection, that peace that surpasses understanding. So especially when I see us, you know, who are believers battling with their mental health, I have to drop scripture. You have to have someone there to remind you of who God has called you to be. Who has he called you to be? You are a warrior. You are created in his image. You are powerful. You reign and you rule. Nothing reigns and rules over you. You reign and you rule. You are sitting at the, with Christ. I mean, come on. If we start grasping these, these scriptures and applying them to our lives, I'm like, oh, it can come against me, but it can't hurt me. I have to start thinking like Job. I have to start thinking like that. I mean, Job is a, <laughs> I mean, if we read the word of God, it illustrates for us so well, so many mental struggles in the Bible. And Job came to mind just now. He sat, he suffered. There was a lot of pain for him, mental distress. Mm-hmm. He had people come to tell him how much he's a weaker link. And he stood mm. Fast. He, his legs were like, I am not moving. I know and I believe his own wife, right, came against him. I know who I am in God. I know he didn't bring this to leave me here, right? And it's a testing season, right? Even the enemy had to go ask permission to bother Job. Imagine when we're having mental struggles is again not because you did anything. Sometimes you know. Again, we're going off the cuff here. I mean, I'm, I love this. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes God, the the enemy comes to the Lord and say, you know what? How about you know I bother a couple of your kids and and, and see how it, you know how they they pass this test. And God's like, you know what? I have this daughter named Marceline. Go try her. And he just, it'll bother you. It'll shake you, but it can't kill you. And if you are steadfast in the word and you know it, it don't matter what you see physically or mentally, you're able to declare God's name. You're able to call him who he is, who is Jehovah, who is Yahweh, you know, who's Elohim. And you steadfast on that and you declare it no matter what you see, what you feel. And mentally, Mental health, if we put that into practice if believe as believers, things won't shake us. Mm. It won't shake us. The right. wind and the rain may come, but we won't be moved. We won't be moved. You can't see the wind, but you feel it. Right? Oh, yeah. You feel it. You can't see the wind, but you feel it. I'm like, Lord, I can't see you, but I feel you. And I know your hands are upon me. And when your mind is steadfast on that, oh my goodness, <laughs> you will live a life in God's will. And that's where you lean and you don't lead. And you don't let anything lead you outside of his will. Nothing. And that's even your emotions. Mm. <laughs> Let's go there for a moment. Mm. Not being led by our 
emotions. And even while you were sharing how all of the, you know, you can be under attack. No one is exempt from being under attack. No one, Mm -mm. saved or not. No one is exempt from being attacked. We may not know the source or why we may be going through attack in that particular moment, but Mm -hmm. no one is exempt. But the beautiful thing about it is as a believer, we've been given resources. We've been Mm -hmm. given strategies. We've been given aid to help us persevere through those Mm -hmm. moments. And to know that while you're going through, you can have that peace that surpasses all understanding. Just Mm -hmm. that scripture alone, sometimes we're like, we read it, we hear it, but then it's kind of like peace that surpasses all understanding, but everything's going great. How is that even possible? When you're leaning into Mm -hmm. the will of the Father. Right. Going under attack. You know, I I was also, I'm not going to forget, we're going to talk about the emotional portion of it but I couldn't help but to think about my mom when she was Mm -hmm. going through stage four uterine cancer going to the doctor Mm. going to treatment going like all of these things a mighty woman of God and towards the end we were having this conversation it was more like um all the things I needed to know to carry on right and Mm -hmm. she was saying Mm -hmm. to me you know I had moments of like feeling as though God had forsaken me where are you? Why am I going through all of this? A prayer warrior, someone that lived mm-hmm. a life very consistent with integrity for the Lord. And she had those kind of questions, but right. she didn't leave it there. She said to me, I know that there is life after this. Yes. I know that I will still yet trust him and I will still honor him and I will still give him the praise. Friends ever body stricken with such great pain. Now I'm thinking to myself, like that's someone that has a consistent relationship with the Lord that still had mm. to go through trouble. And yes. This, you know, the Lord could have healed her right then and there, you know, mm-hmm. but he had an opportunity to not only show her, but all of us as family that even though she was going through all of that, what remained consistent was her dedication to be in alignment with the will of God. Didn't mean yes. you don't have questions. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean your emotions may not be bubbling up and you're like, Lord, where are you? But just as those things come up in our flesh, our spirit man can be strong to remind us of the fact mm-hmm. that it's about being in alignment with his will. Amen. Being in alignment with what yes. he has for us. Let's talk about that for a moment where we can get in a place where we're led by our emotions. It happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. What? And, and but you also have to get to a point where you're aware of triggers. You're aware of, you know what? I'm not going to go there because it's going to cause me to be angry. And the Bible talks about be angry but not sinning. Right. Let's talk about not being led by the emotions. Yes. So uh, we're going, we're going exactly how I felt God was going to take this. This is so funny. So I speak often about making sure that we understand why we have emotions, right? God didn't want to create a piece of wood 
that wouldn't communicate with him emotionally. He wanted someone who had a language that can process emotional things. He had that emotions are a different language by itself. It tells you how I feel today. It tells you, you know, what I'm thinking. It tells you what is bothering me. God himself has emotions. Jesus through, through Jesus, we were able to see that because Jesus wept. Jesus loved Mm -hmm. Jesus became angry. All of it. Jesus experienced every emotion that we as human beings see and experience every single day. So why do we feel like we shouldn't have emotions that allow us to process situations? But the fact is, how is our emotions glorifying God? Okay. Mm. How is our emotions glorifying God? I use emotions as a temperature check or a gauge. Okay. They are not evidence. They should be tested. And they should draw us near to the one who gave it to us. Okay. Mm. Every single time it should draw us to taking it back to the Lord. I literally look at individuals sometimes depending on their behavior. And I can tell you what they're thinking Mm. and have they spent time talking to the father? Have they spent time worshiping the Lord? Have they spent time processing what's happening in their mind at this very moment? Again, testing it. It's a temperature gauge. It helps me to even check my environment. What's stressing me out? What What is it? It's my response to life. And how am I taking it back to the one who gave it to me? How am I taking it back? If I'm worried, I'm taking it to the Lord in prayer. He's going to take care of all of my worries. If I'm anxious, he's going to take care of that. If I'm sad, how am I bringing it to him in worship? Back to him. That's the language that he gives us. The He allows the emotions and gives us the responsibility and the opportunity to bring it back to him for an answer. Mm. If I'm feeling it, it's because it's an, it's a question and I need an answer. Why am I angry? Why am I sad? Why am I anxious? I need your answer. I need your peace. It gives him an opportunity to show up for me emotionally. It's a form of worship and honor and obedience. How are your emotions glorifying the Lord? Like your mom. That's perfect. Pain stricken. She, mm-hmm. she probably is thinking like, well, God, why me? Even mm-hmm. being sad and may even be angry. Why me? But God, you know what? In the midst of all of this, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you honor because that's what's doing to your name. Others will know through my life and my pain that you are still God. You still sit on the throne. You are not moved and you can't be shaken. You don't change. That is someone who understand that their emotions come under submission of the power and the spirit of God. My emotions must submit to the Lord. It cannot rule me. And so you see people behave, you know, impulsively. They'll have so many thoughts and it's an impulsive behavior and anger and fear and rage. Not once did they check their temperature of their emotions by taking it to the Lord. 
Mm-hmm. Remember what I said? It has to be tested. It is not evidence. Your emotions cannot be proven. <laughs> Your emotions cannot be proven. Only God can be proven. So it should draw us to him. And if it's not, baby, check that temperature. Take it to the Lord. If it's not, you're, you're out of alignment. It's all a test. Everything that we feel, everything that we process is a test and it's a responsibility of uh, for us to take it back to the Lord. It's a form of communication. And we miss that because we think it's just be what we've been taught as an emotion. It's me communicating because God gave it to me to communicate yeah. and to respond and taking it back to the one who gave it to me. He gave us this way of communicating just how he gave us our mind, you know, our body and those emotions. Mm-hmm. Those emotions he gave it to us. as a tool to, to be aware, but also to test, to mm-hmm. see where we are. Mm-hmm. And it brings us back to our original point of rest. Rest. When you get in that place of rest, mm-hmm. you can bring those emotions. You can bring those symptoms, those feelings, all of the things that thorn in the side. You can mm-hmm. bring it all to him. And he's able to work it all out. Mm-hmm. He can work it all out for your good. Right. For your good. Right. That anger, the anxiousness, the irritability, the sadness, the grief, the disappointment. All of it. The worrying, the depression, all of that you can bring to him in those moments of rest. Get off mm-hmm. the wheel. Get off the hamster wheel. Get off the, the track of just running all the time and find mm-hmm. rest in him. He has resources that he wants to give you. Yes. Resources he wants to give you to help you through all those things. Yes. But yet you're still running. Mm. Let this podcast and conversation be your sign. Uh, Yes, we are (laughs) talking to you. Yep. Your sign to rest and it is okay to rest you have been given permission to do so because there are resources that the father wants to give to his child you've been wondering and worrying and trying to consider lord where are you he's been waiting on you he's waiting on you yep (laughs) i love it oh jesus get those resources for you to be in alignment with his Mm-hmm. to be led by him to be led by him Dr. Marceline yes. thank you so much for sharing all of God's wisdom to us today we are so grateful for him using you in this space to be able to not only provide support through the form of medication and private practice and all of that but also what I find to be the greatest weapon is to encourage others through the leading of God, through his faith. Amen. And to be able to, for people to find true wholeness. This is the Amen. season for people to find true wholeness. How can people connect with you? 
Well, they can follow me on uh, Instagram as at Dr. Marceline Gurley. Um, same thing on Facebook, Marceline Gurley. I, my practice is Vivid Minds Mental Care, and which is www.vividmindscare.com. Reach out, email. I'd be happy to speak to you. Absolutely. And would you mind praying us out today? Oh, absolutely. All right, dear Heavenly Father, you're so gracious, God. You're so wonderful, so loving. We are just so honored to be in your presence, Lord. And we thank you for every person listening to this podcast today. Father, I pray that their mind, their emotions come into submission to your word, oh God, and under your power and your spirit. Rule and reign over them and teach them their place in you, which is to dominate on the things of this world, oh God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that their mind be at peace, oh God, that you would give them calm, oh God, and and help them to be anxious for nothing. Help them to check their life against your word and your will. Speak to them clearly. Give them a place of rest in you, Father, and help them to follow you with every fiber of their being. We thank you for who you are and for the supernatural work that you're doing in your people. We bless your name today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.